Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. And you should recognize me. Well, hello, everybody. And welcome to another edition of the Players to be Named Later podcast. I'm Ed. That's Dan. Say hi, Dan. What's up, everybody? And today we are going to be going over the week that was in the NFL, week number nine. This was another bad week. I'm tired of having bad weeks, buddy. I just can't get it right this this year. I'm 10 games behind you now. And the only reason it's not 11 is because the Jets are terrible. Yeah, I that, that game told me a little, all I needed to know about the Jets' offensive line. We're going to get to that here shortly because – the biggest thing that happened coming out of that game is what was said after the game. But that's going to be at the end of the show. Let's start this show where we started NFL Week 9, and that was in the Steel City of Pittsburgh at Akrisher Stadium. The Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dan, this win is one of them that allowed the AFC North to have all four teams currently in the playoffs. Absolutely wild. 100%. I don't think that's ever been done in the NFL. I don't see that happening, but it's uh, it's still extremely wild that if the playoffs were to start today, we're nine weeks into the season, and that's how good the AFC North is. Uh, and my favorite streak in NFL history extended again this week, as for the 54th week in a row, the Pittsburgh Steelers have failed to have a 400-yard offensive game. They only went for 326, but it was enough, including four sacks of the Tennessee Titans. And oddly enough, losing the turnover battle. I'm sorry, winning the turnover battle as they got one turnover and Kenny Pickett didn't completely disrail this team. Derail, disrailed, whatever you want to call it. Um, Will Levis came back down to earth, you think? Um, I mean, Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh and those guys that have been around for a while, Bill Belichick, I mean, they just kind of, they know what to do to rookie quarterbacks to make them look like rookies. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I still personally think he looks pretty good. The Steelers' defense is one of the best in the league. That's true. So, um, I mean, I, I don't really know if I'd say he came back down to earth. i say maybe he exceeded expectations the season before that. So Game before that? Well, the game before that, I'm sorry. Uh, maybe the season. You know, I don't think anybody saw him coming up the way he did last year. But, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the Steelers' defense is no joke. Derrick Henry, 17 for 75 and a score, three for 27 through the air. So he continued his resurgence. Can we call it a resurgence? Do you really ever go anywhere? I mean, with, with how he was kind of early on in the season, yeah, he got off to a little bit of a slow start. Um, Does Matt Canada still deserve to be fired? Yes, this team is still awful. We've been campaigning the uh, hashtag free Devontae movement. But uh, should we also be campaigning for, you know, free George Pickens? No, George Pickens needs to relax. The dude has had two mm-hmm. games where he hasn't where he mm-hmm. hasn't seen targets that he wanted. Um, and to be completely honest, the teams won both the games, so shut up and win. Um, I mean, he, he's also in the second year of his contract. It's not like Devontae Adams. George Pickens can be a star wide receiver, but um, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe Is- take it in stride. Think is about he, all the games last season that Deontay Johnson didn't complain and he and pick and all the targets were going to Pickens. So, I mean, to me, he just kind of sounds like a, a diva wide receiver as much as bad as that sounds to say. Oh, you mean like Antonio Brown or Chase Claypool or the other star wide receivers that left Pittsburgh because of issues related to their targets? I mean, is uh, is Chase Claypool really a star wide receiver? Isn't he like the number five on Miami now? Well, dude. Most wide receivers in NFL history would be a number five on Miami right about now. But he was a star in Pittsburgh. But that's neither here nor there. The Titans fall to three and five. Steelers improve to five and three. They now, I believe, sit in second behind your Baltimore Ravens in that AFC North. Let's move along. Let's go to Germany. In a pretty decent game, although it kind of exposed the Chiefs for what they are. Maybe a little bit overrated. Uh, And the Dolphins are absolutely overrated. This one happened at Deutsche Bank's Park. I guess it's not stadium, it's park. 
because it's a soccer stadium at 9.30 in the morning on Sunday, November 5th from, what was the name of the city? You remember? Ah, somewhere uh, in Germany. Were, a war crime happened there, probably. In, uh, Frankfurt, I believe. Frankfurt, Munich, whatever. 21 to 14 was the end score there. Chiefs improved to 7 to 2. Dolphins fall to 6 and 3. This was a tale of two halves as the Dolphins got absolutely nothing done in the first half, had a great third quarter, and then stunk in the fourth. We both watched this game. What was wrong with Miami in the first half? Can we explain it? I, I can't because they were they were there longer out of the two teams as well. So I, I really don't know. I mean, it looked like they their defensive. It looks like this Kansas City defense is sort of getting it together, mm-hmm. um, and they were playing some very good coverage against Tyreek, and that was kind of where where it sort of went wrong. I mean, Moster got most of his yards in the second half as well. So I really don't know where it went wrong, um, but clearly it went wrong. Uh, Tua got sacked three times. For the Chiefs to be a Super Bowl contender, or to win the Super Bowl, Taylor Swift has to perform at halftime, right? Like, that's the only hope the Chiefs have. Because once again, Travis Kelsey in the first half was held to two catches for seven yards, and in the second half, one catch for seven yards. Well, it ain't happening uh, this season, this year. Do we have a halftime guy? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's already been announced. I'm pretty sure. Eh, it is what it is. This game was odd for just a lot of reasons. I didn't like watching it at all, although I do believe that if the NFL wants to be taken or wants to do it, there needs to be at least two teams in Germany, one in London, and probably another one in Europe, maybe a Paris or uh, somewhere like that. that. The NFL could definitely rock out a whole division in Europe. For the 36 uh, teams. I mean, I think that could happen eventually. I think than... it absolutely should happen. If not, can we get NFL Europe brought back? You know, I know the XFL and the USFL are merging, and that's going to be like a minor league for football. But can we get like a double A, a double A relationship and get the get the NFL Europe? Can we get that brought back? Because I think that was just, so many good players came out of NFL Europe. And I, I think it's time we, we can go back. We should absolutely be able to go back. Uh, what do you got from this one other than what we've already said? Anything? Nothing? No, not really. Let's move along. Let's go to Minnesota at Atlanta. This one happened at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. This was the first batch of the early games, and Minnesota took home a 31-28 victory. They improved to 5-4. and four. Atlanta falls to 4-5. and five. Young Huku had himself a day, kicking just so many. Uh, this one was pretty high scoring for what it was. Uh, Josh Dobbs, 20 for 30 for 158 and two scores. Jer- Jaron Hall, 5 for 6 for 78. Uh, why two quarterbacks there, Dan? Uh, Jaron Hall is in concussion protocol. Uh, there we go. So Josh Dobbs comes in, gets the victory there. Uh, Tyler Heineke. in practice, did not know half of his team's, half of his teammates' names. As he was calling the plays, uh, I can't remember the Minnesota's coach's name. Um, He was telling him what routes the receivers were going to be running. They used the full time that they had, uh, and he just kept talking until the mic cut off, basically, for uh, for them. So he's like, he's like, look to your right, that's Jordan. He's going to be running an out route. Uh, On the other side, KJ is going to be running a post. Like he's telling them what the receivers are going to be doing. As far as that, and he said he just kept reminding him, you know, whatever in doubt, just use your legs. Well, it worked. He went 20 for 30 for 158 and two scores. He was sacked three times. He also ran the football seven attempts, 66 yards to the ground. He was a leading rusher for Minnesota with a touchdown. Three fumbles, two lost. So there's that. But uh, Tyler Heineke, 21 for 38, 268, a TD, a pick, and a sack. Three for 20 on the ground. Atlanta, B. John Robinson, 11 for 51. And Tyler Allgaier, 12 for 39. Why don't you hand the football off to B. John Robinson more? That's a great question. Why did B. John only have four targets in this game as well? He was not on the – the snap The snap share was 
nowhere near as equal. You're playing from behind and you have Tyler Algier in the backfield when you should have Bijan in the backfield. It makes absolutely no sense. I'm starting to think that maybe Desmond Ritter isn't that bad of a quarterback and maybe Arthur Smith is the problem. And he would be the offensive coordinator in Atlanta? The head coach. Oh, same thing. Um, is it possible maybe Bijan was being punished for the fumble? I don't think you can punish your most talented offensive playmaker on the field, especially when you have, I mean, Drake London's out. Your, your top, your top target, your top cast catcher is going to be Kyle Pitts. Who's not out there. You have to get Bijan involved. Even if you're running him and Algier at the same time, put Bijan in the slot, let him run some underneath laws, let him him run some friendly curls. That's something that really has bugged me about the NFL nowadays. Where's the two Where's the two running backs set anymore? It just you know, doesn't I, make sense. I never understood it with Cleveland a couple for the last couple of years. Why can't I see Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the field at the same time? Fake to one hand of the other. Fake to one third of the other. You know? Why can't we see more off? Like, that, that seems like... Do defensive coordinators have that figured out? Like it seems when you have players of that caliber that are that good and know what they're doing that much... Seems like it's a no-brainer to have both of them on the field at the same time. At least use one as a decoy, you know. You, I mean, you have to do something, especially when you have guys who are talented like that. Like I get you invested a high draft pick in Elzier as well, but Bijan was your first-round pick. What are you doing not utilizing a guy like him? I don't understand it. Hey, very true. Let's move along. You got anything else for this one before we say adios? Uh, I talk mean, about one of the greatest Josh, games I've ever seen. I mean, I'm going to be honest, Jaron Hall actually in the small sample size that he was in there really didn't look bad. Um, Josh Dobbs look, Josh Dobbs, like he's not a starting quarterback, but man, he's going to have a long career to back up in this league. He's just so damn smart. He's the Ryan Fitzpatrick type. And he's Jacoby a Brissett. quarterback. Huh? He's Jacoby Brissett. Um, I can, yeah, I guess so. I mean, he's, he's an astrophysicist. So, you know, he's a little bit smarter than Jacoby Brissett, just, you know. Hey, I will not stand for that slander, sir. Jacoby Brissett um, is a Cleveland sports legend. Let's also, move on. Let's talk about. Hold on, another. hold on. I got one more. I got one more funny I thing had to add. The perfect setup for that. The perfect well, setup. You didn't let me finish. So Cam Akers was the emergency quarterback in that situation, and he got hurt. So the coach also said that he was literally going down the sideline on offense and watching players throw passes so he could figure out who was playing quarterback if Josh Dobbs got hurt which the NFL still needs to fix that problem. You need to have an emergency quarterback. Like in hockey, they have an emergency goalie. Oh, no, 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 no. That's so dangerous. That is so dangerous. Because all it takes is some guy to, you know, that's a huge fan of this team that gets tickets to play in this stadium and be the emergency quarterback. No, I'm not saying. throw the football game. Gambling can get involved. Holy hell, is that a terrible idea? I'm Hockey's not saying, one thing. This I'm not is saying such a like shit the idea. way hockey does emergency goalies. I'm saying they need to have, each team hate needs to have an emergency quarterback on their roster that is not on the active 53 man that can be activated if both the quarterbacks go down. This is the worst idea you've had since you thought the stripper was in love with you. I completely disagree with you. You're right. You probably stood more of a chance of that happening than this. Let's move along. Let's talk about something that didn't happen. And that was Josh Dobbs' old team, the Arizona Cardinals, scoring on Josh Dobbs' old team, the Cleveland Browns. As that one finished 27 to nothing. The Browns are now the fifth seed in the AFC. They improved to 5-3. and three. The Cardinals fall to an abysmal 1-8. and eight. I love this game, Dan. I, I I have never been more frustrated with with an offense as I am with the Cleveland Browns. If there, do you remember? Well, we have this debate all the time. When a massive star player gets hurt and a team goes from being good to bad because of that one injury to that star player. Nick Chubb deserves to be the most valuable player of the NFL for the simple fact of what the offense is doing without him in Cleveland, and that is not much. If Nick Chubb is in the backfield for Cleveland, Deshaun Watson is a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. If Nick Chubb is not in the backfield for Cleveland, Deshaun Watson may be the biggest bust in contract signing history. That's the difference maker that Nick Chubb is. That's how bad this Cleveland offense needs him. 
the defense won this football game, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not let's call let's call it for what it was. They got two interceptions of Clayton Toon, who looked like the rookie quarterback. He has gone 11 for 20 for 58 yards, two interceptions, seven sacks, and a lost fumble. Uh, Deshaun Watson, 19 for 30, 219, two TDs, important, no interceptions. He added 22 yards on the ground. Jerome Ford, 20 for 44, as he continues to be an abject failure in the backfield. Kareem Hunt, 14 for 38, and a touchdown. Uh, Amari Cooper continues to be probably the best wide receiver the Browns have had. And just the best wide receiver the Browns have had that hasn't been high in a long, long time. I miss you, Josh Gribbs. Uh, Five for five for 139 and a touchdown. David Njoku, the burn man. Can we call him the Phoenix? Rising from the ashes of his own campfire. Four catches for 26 yards and a touchdown. Um. This Cleveland Browns defense is the best in football. You're muted. It is not the best in football. You want to do this right now? Do you want to have this debate right here, right now? I mean, we can if you want. It's definitely not the best Fine. in football. What's the best? Who's the best in football? The Ravens defense is by far the best defense in football. It's not even close. Cumulatively, I'll agree with you. They're the best top to bottom. Because the biggest star, by far, is number 95 in the brown and orange. Miles Garrett is the, is the most talented, most gifted player on defense in football. The Ravens, sure, cumulatively, have the best defense. Miles Garrett is the best defensive lineman and most talented defensive lineman in football, and that's still arguable. You can argue another guy in the division. You can argue a guy, two guys that are in San Francisco. Yeah. Well, three on the West Coast. Uh, Chase Young kind of, I'm not going to, I'm assuming that's the third one you're. you're I was going to say Aaron Donald. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point, actually. But no, Miles Garrett is the most talented and gifted defender in football. But. Uh... Here is what here's here's the third thing to give you Steelers fans some hope. The most important defense to a team is Pittsburgh. Because if Pittsburgh's defense has not been in the top three with the Ravens and the Browns, the Steelers are a one-win football team. If if that. Because that defense is the sole reason that the Steelers are relevant. Agree or disagree? Uh, that defense is definitely the sole reason why they are relevant. Because it ain't Matt Canada. It ain't Kenny Pickett. It ain't Najee Harris. And it ain't George Pickens. I will agree. I will agree with that with you without arguing anything. I don't think I don't think anybody can argue that. If you were to take the, the Pittsburgh offense off the field and replace it with just an average offense, they get better. If you take the Pittsburgh defense off the field and replace it with the average defense, the zero war defense... Pittsburgh's not just a losing football team. They're a top five bat worst team in the NFL. I agree with that. And you got uh, anything else you want to say to this? Because I feel like I've talked about the Browns enough and you're uh, going to start you're starting to lose interest. Nope. Don't have anything else to say. Just can't wait to watch them lose this week. Oh yeah, we're gonna watch that together. That's right. I am gonna take my first trip to Baltimore to watch Dan and his wife yell at each other while I yell at Dan over this game and then make a four hour drive home. Yelling at the steering wheel, complaining about just how upset I am that the Browns are this bad. But that comes this week. Let's talk about last week and let's move along. Let's go to the Rams at the Green Bay Packers and the Rams look bad. They lose 20 to 3 to the lowly, lowly Packers who are now 3 and 5. The Rams fall to 3 and 6. Aaron Jones, a three-yard rush. The Rams answered with a Lucas... Have sick 52-yard field goal, and that would be all, as the Packers would kick two more field goals. And Luke Musgrave, you know who Luke Musgrave is? I don't know yeah. who Luke Musgrave is. Yeah, he's actually a rookie tight end who finally is starting to take off. Um, he was somebody that – he was another one of those rookie tight ends that looked to be really good in the preseason. Yeah. Had a slow start, and uh, this may have been his coming out party. No impact, no idea. Had no idea who he was, couldn't. Couldn't tell you who he was from Adam. Um, but anyway, Luke Musgrave caught a 20-yard pass from Jordan Love. 
The Rams decided that Brett Rippon is not going to be the answer. 13 for 28, 130, an interception, a sack, fumbled twice, lost one, added 19 yards on the ground. Uh, Royce Freeman, who's Royce Freeman? Uh, running back that was basically signed off the street because everybody else is hurt in their backfield and they traded away Cam Akers. Not, uh, not too smart there. Uh, Cooper Cup, seven targets, two catches, 48 yards. He was the leading receiver for the Rams. So this is a game we both got wrong, but I think we both can agree that if we were, if we allowed ourselves to make changes on these, once Stafford got ruled out, I'm pretty sure we both. Oh, a heartbeat. Hands down, I would have picked Green Bay. In fact, this probably would have been the stinker game of the week, and that's saying a lot given the fact there have been some so terrible games against So should we just give ourselves both a win on this? Nope. Nope. We're going to be honest. We're going to do this thing right, Dan. We're no, not going to cheat. I don't know if it's technical, technically doing Michigan. it right when we're making we these calls Michigan. on Tuesday. We are not Michigan. Michigan to, Michigan to the Final Four of the playoffs. What? Michigan to the Final Four of the playoffs. Michigan's going to be in your Final Four. I hate I hate anybody with the last name of Harbaugh just so, so much. No matter if they wear their khakis up to their ears or if they wear so much product in their hair that it runs into their eyes when it's hot. I hate everybody with the last name of Harbaugh. Um, there's not really much to say here. The Packers, Jordan Love looked okay. But the biggest thing coming out of this one is the signing of Carson Wentz, who is now the newest Los Angeles Ram, and we assume – We'll be tossing the pigskin this Sunday. No, they're on a bye this week. But it makes oh, me wonder about the staff. Like, is this just because of how bad Rippin is? Rippin yes. looked, or yes. is this because Stafford's going to be out multiple weeks? Uh yes. I think it's all of it. I think so. you bring in you bring him in as insurance in case Stafford is out for multiple. More, I mean, they, they fell to three and six. I don't even know what they're playing for at this point. Like, at this point, you almost just might want to leave Rippin in to draft somebody for the future. I think they have draft picks again this year. No, no, they don't. Uh, let me double check. You, you, they, uh, they, they, they don't have that. They don't have that pick anymore. That was one, that was one of the many that have left. They may have gotten it back when they traded acres, but I think they only they got I didn't. I don't think they got a high one. You check on that. We're going to move along. There's nothing really much to discuss here. They but do have these... a pick this year. They have their own pick this year. They're currently sitting in the six hole. Are we sure? No, we'll see. Until draft sure? day. And yeah, they... I just looked at it. No, 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 no. Until they traded on draft day for, for another aging veteran. Uh, let's move along. Let's talk about one of the better games of the week. And this one is a game where we have a lot of stats coming at you, mainly because of a rookie quarterback who set all kinds of records. We both watched the end of this one, given the fact that it was the bonus coverage of the early slate. The Houston Texans, 39. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 37. Texans improved to 4-4. Four and four. Tampa falls to 3-5. and five. I'm not going to lie, Dan. I called this one. Um, Kale Otten caught a 14-yard pass from Baker Mayfield to make it 37-33. to 36-33. They kicked the all-important extra point to make it 37-33. to I thought this game was over. And it should have been. And it should have been. CJ Stroud's that dude. He's not just that dude. He is every dude. He is every dude that's ever duded in the history of dudedom. Okay. Uh, what CJ Stroud accomplished on Sunday, his 147.8 passer rating is the highest single game passer rating by a rookie quarterback with a minimum of 30 attempts in NFL history. His 470 yards are the most passing yards by a rookie in a game in NFL history. He became the youngest player ever with at least 450 passing yards in a game in NFL history. He became just the sixth player in NFL history to record at least 450 yards of passing without throwing an interception. That's that's good. That's real good, Dan. That is very good. I mean, it's I, I've been screaming about him since they played the Ravens in week one and how poised he looked against that defense. And it made me question how good that defense was. But realistically, I'm I'm glad that he's doing as well as he is because this defense is as good as it was. And I, I think Stroud is the real deal. And uh, sneakily, he has a very good young receiving core to grow up with him in Tank Dell, 
Nico, and Noah Brown. Both those, all three of those guys are young. Robert Woods is there as a veteran presence, and he's even had kind of a resurgence of a year as well this year. So let's 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 see what happens with that. Uh, the Houston Texans are going to be fun to watch. Uh, Tunsil got that that huge extension from them, so they have his blind side protected for years to come as well. Uh, let's just break down exactly what happened, okay? Houston, uh, fourth and twenty-four from their own eight-yard line, punted the football, and Tampa Bay took it over with four twenty-seven remaining, first and ten on their own thirty-nine-yard line. Baker Mayfield went the length of the field. And found Otten, thanks to several penalties. Um, well, not several, but a few penalties they had to overcome. And a fumble that was overturned. I'm sorry, that was recovered by Mike Evans. That replay took just forever to figure out. And then they kicked the football off. It was a touchback. Stroud hit. He was 5 for 5 on passes that weren't a spike. He also had a spike in there as well and found Tank Dell for 15 yards. And then came something really interesting. On the two-point attempt, Stroud took a knee. And everybody was complaining about what was going on. Vegas had Vegas is cooking the books again, whatever, whatever. That was the quick reaction. And then people started realizing that if that extra point gets blocked and returned, it's two points for Tampa, and that's a tie game. If the two-point conversion is intercepted or there's a fumble and it gets returned, it's two points, and it's a tie game. Houston was minus three for the line. They kick the extra point, they cover. I had that line closing at two and a half, so everybody lost by the hook. Either way, just... It, if Vegas did pull this string, this may be... The scriptwriters deserve an Emmy for, for that decision, because that was... That was chef's kiss right there. Let's move along. You got anything else on this one? We know C.J. Stroud's good. Uh, Baker Mayfield was good, too. 21 for 30, 265, two TDs, no turnovers, which was huge. Um, I mean, I, I definitely feel like we should mention Dalton Schultz and Tank Dell's day and Noah Brown at that. I mean, we know Stroud had it, but he had to throw the ball to somebody. Noah Brown, 6 for 153 in a tutty. Dalton Schultz, 10 for 130 in a tutty. Tank Dell, 6 for 114 in a tutty. Like, Man, that's just – I mean, you can even drop to Nico Collins, three for 54, only on five targets. And, and it's tutty. just – and a tutty as well. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. And not to mention Damian Pierce was out and Devin Singletary couldn't do anything. So, yeah, a, a combined, what, 38 yards out the backfield that didn't come from C.J. Stroud, who apparently had zero attempts for 10 yards rushing. Right, That that that's interesting. How do you have zero attempts for 10 yards? A lateral? Does that count? Maybe. Um, you know I, what? I actually think it was a lateral. I actually think it was a lateral. The more I, never, I think about this, I never understood how that gets how that gets figured in. I need we need to talk um, to a statistician about that. Average zero point zero yards as well, but uh, long run of ten. You know what's interesting about Stroud is he doesn't run a lot, but if you remember him in college, he he's very ran, mobile. Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty mobile quarterback. Uh, just something interesting, but we can move on. Like he's, I mean, I could probably talk for another hour about Stroud and how much I like him. But the in the Caesar Superdome, as we are moving on, in the Caesar Superdome, the New Orleans Saints beat the Chicago Bears twenty-four to seventeen. Bears fall to two and seven. Saints improve to five and four. Tyler Badgett did okay, eighteen for thirty-two, twenty-two TDs, three interceptions. And by okay, I mean he did not do okay. He also lost a fumble. He had eight. Rushes 470 yards on the ground, as it looks like the Bears are just going to have to run the football from here on out. Donta Foreman had 20 for 83 on the ground, so the Bears were able to have some success running the football. Uh, I mean, they ran for 156 yards. Yeah, yeah, that's great. But when 70 of it comes from your quarterback on eight carries, and your quarterback is responsible for four turnovers, not good. Uh, 25 for 34 for 211 and two TDs for Derek Carr. Taysom Hill, one for one for three TDs and a score. So good on Taysom Hill for getting a score through the air. 11 for 52 on the ground, four for 13 and a score through the air. So Taysom Hill doing <laughs> Taysom Hill things. Um, Are the Bears just bad? <clears throat> I mean, also they're playing with a D2 quarterback. That wasn't what I asked. I mean, yeah, they're this bad. Like, I'm, I was hot. I'm, 
I was so high on the Bears coming into the season, and I hate myself for it in hindsight. Um, uh, but, but hold on, just gonna stop you right there. Two of Badgett's three interceptions came, uh, and three of his four turnovers came in the fourth quarter when the Bears were trying to tie the football game. He threw two on consecutive drives and then fumbled the football to pretty much end the game with 2.16 left. So, yeah. Badgett cost them this game. But I'm I mean, not for sure, I mean, Justin Fields does any better. I, I, I'm going to think Justin Fields does better. I'm going to argue with you on that. I'm not giving up on Justin Fields yet. The Bears finish at 2-15. and 15. They have the first, number one overall pick in the draft. 2-15, and 15, it, that's not even possible. Why isn't it? They played 17 games this year. 2-15 and 15 is entirely possible. They are 2-7 and seven now. They can lose their next eight and finish 2-15. and 15. They're not losing their next eight. Anyway, you're missing the question. Caleb Williams is sitting right there. Yeah, you have to take him. What do you do with Justin Fields? Trade him. Or Who wants him, him? Or you let him quarterback for another year and let Williams sit behind him instead of having Williams play behind that awful offensive line? Or you trade out of the first overall pick and get offensive line help? Nope, not doing that. You're not doing that. We'll see. They have questions to are really starting to be raised about Caleb Williams too, because he is—he's putting up stats, but he—he's—he's he's not winning this year. I mean, it's USC. They're kind of disappointing. Sorry, Trojan fans, the four of you that exist that live in LA. Um, Washington twenty, the New England Patriots irrelevant at seventeen. Patriots fall to two and seven. The Commanders improve to four and five. This one happened at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Dan, did you watch any of this one? I did because I had fantasy interest in this game with Scary Terry um, and actually Demario Douglas, the two leading receivers in this game. Unfortunately, they just didn't do enough or anything. I mean. Five for that fifty-five was, is not a good day for a receiver. Uh, from from a DFS perspective, at only five K, that's that's fine. He two X his or at four K, he over two X his value. Uh, I saw. I thought McC- Terry McLaurin was going to have a great day. Uh, also, Jamison Crowder, huge disappointment with uh, Curtis Samuel out. But I mean, what do I expect? It's a Washington offense. Sam House so, equally has decent games every week. I don't understand. He threw the football forty-five times. He should get over three hundred yards. I know, 29 for just... 45, 325, a TD, a pick, three sacks, five for 27 on the ground. But here's an interesting thing. Mac Jones does not look it. And I don't think – I think this is his last season in New England. But let's go back to the scenario we just talked about. Say the Bears do get that number one overall pick, and they do take Caleb Williams. Does Bill Belichick go after Justin Fields then as a reclamation project? I don't think so. Boy, it makes sense, though, wouldn't it? I don't think so. I mean, I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like, I mean, if you can trade a third for him, sure. What would you, well, I guess that depends on how healthy he is at the end of the year. But still, if I'm, if I'm, you know, the the mad scientist that is Bill Belichick, maybe try to look at him at least. I mean, he has a, he has a great arm. Like he has great arm strength. So, I mean, maybe you can get that fixed, but I don't think – I think the Bears may want a little bit Look, too much. Belichick has never had a quarterback come from a late round to ever do anything for anybody anywhere, okay? He has never had – he's never made a late-round talent into a good quarterback. I agree. Because that guy shouldn't have been a late-round it, – it, I hate it when you agree with me and you don't argue with me on stuff. This is why I want to record this earlier in the day. Because that totally should have picked a, a fight with you about Tom Brady. I, I mean, I just thought you were being sarcastic, so why would I agree? I was, but that still totally should have picked a fight with you, as I'm getting a very, very dirty look right now about Tom Brady. Anyway, let's move along. Let's talk about the Seattle I Seahawks. Mean, I mean, Belichick made Tom Brady. You can you can relay that message if you want. No. No, Brady made Belichick. Well, we can debate this at a later time, but Brady made Tom, Tom Brady made Bill Belichick. Belichick is a mid coach without Tom Brady. The stats are there. We can argue this if you want, but it's there. 
Uh, Baltimore Ravens, 37. Seattle Seahawks, three. This one happened at M&T Bank Stadium in the armpit of Massachusetts. The Ravens improved to 7-2. and two. The Seahawks the did not take place three. in Massachusetts. M&T Bank Stadium? Is in Maryland, not Massachusetts. Maryland, Massachusetts. Oh, New England's all the same. None of you guys pronounce R's. You all drink unsweetened tea and think that soup is better when it's really thick. You guys are obsessed with crabs and seafood, and it's just disgusting. And you root for very mid-baseball teams that you like to think are better than what they are, but ultimately just fall flat in the playoffs and get swept by a superior franchise. You're more of an idiot than I thought. I said, did I piss you off enough with that? I, I feel like I hit enough nerves right there. Anyway, Gus Edwards had a game, at least in the first or in the second quarter, with two rushing touchdowns of four and three yards. Justin Tucker did Justin Tucker things, hitting three consecutive field goals on the on both sides of the halftime break. And Odell Beckham Jr. found the end zone from Tyler Huntley. Yep. This stat sheet looks weird. Yep, because Keaton Mitchell is somebody that I'm excited for in the future. Um Rookie running back, nine for 138. He has that burst, man. He is Justice Hill. You can go away. I haven't really been a fan of Justice Hill. Um, I, I've been kind of advocating to just give the ball to Gus. I mean, he averaged 10 yards a carry. And like, if you watched. Well, and that's the thing. Five carries for 52 yards, 10 yards a carry. And two of those carries were stopped because of the goal line because he scored. So yeah. you take those two off. And so you take off two carries for, what, a combined seven yards? It's really three for 45? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Um, uh, Keaton Mitchell is the guy, and I think he may be getting more snaps than if, Gus Edwards if he's gets getting, going forward. No, he won't. He won't. Mm, Here's he the reason why. John Harbaugh doesn't like rookie running backs. I, I, don't, I don't like Lamar Jackson either, but I still start him every week in fantasy football. I mean, Lamar Jackson is – He's one of your leading MVP candidates right now. So 21 for 26, 187, no TDs, no interceptions, one sack. He did. What did you, what was that quote you gave me earlier this, or on Sunday, early on Sunday? There are three things you can count for in life. Death, death, taxes, taxes, and Lamar Lamar Jackson Jackson fumble. I love it. I love everything about it. He didn't play the whole fourth quarter. Yeah. Which explains why he only had 187 yards and why I lost. My fantasy league this week because he gave me. Uh, that's a different story for a different time. Uh, Geno Smith did not look good. Eight, uh, 13 for 28, 157, an interception, sacked four times, and lost the fumble. Geno uh, to Geno on that interception. Geno Stone with his sixth interception of the season, leading the NFL. There is this a case of there's something wrong in Seattle, or Baltimore's defense is just good? Baltimore's defense is that good, and Seattle is not that good away from Seattle. Fair enough. Which brings my next question. Russell Wilson, not playing in Seattle anymore. Not that good. Thoughts? Uh, Yeah, I think Pete Carroll's an underrated coach. Underrated? Yes. Underrated? Yes. U-N-D-E-R? Yep. How? Because he made Russell Wilson good? I mean, he made Russell Wilson look great, and he made Geno look great last year, and Geno hasn't looked terrible this year. This is the first game that Geno's really looked bad. Um, And also, if he doesn't make that one mistake by not handing the ball to Marshawn Lynch, he has two Super Bowl rings. He's a winning coach. I mean, I personally just think he's undervalued in the sense and underrated when it comes to top top coaches in the league. Because if you name your top five coaches in the league, I don't think Pete Carroll's in that conversation, and I think he Ooh. should be. Who are the top five coaches in the league? I know uh, you're going to want to put a Harbaugh up there, and justifiably so, but. I mean, Harbaugh, McDonald, Andy Reid, Nick Sirianni. McDonald? Um, Mike McDonald, right? Isn't that his name? McDaniel? McDaniel, yeah. And Kyle Shanahan are, are my top five coaches in the league right now. Okay. Let's move on. There's nothing really to talk about here. Baltimore's good. Seattle's not. I didn't argue any of that. I I completely agree with you. Those are the five names I was going to give, too. I'd maybe think about um, McVay, maybe, just because he's – you ever listen to the guy talk, and he's one of the – 
he's like Rain Man level of. My issue with McVeigh is like, do something after that Super Bowl because you traded injuries, for the- dude. Injuries have killed him. I'll tell you who's not on that list anymore. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, who never was. Man, why am I blanking on his name? I raved about. Or him the on guy in Green season. Bay, who's uh, disappeared. The guy in Denver. Sean Payton. Yeah. I don't yeah. think Sean Payton's that great of a coach, actually, after seeing how this team's been. Let's talk about two other coaches, Shane Steichen and Frank Reich. Frank Reich continues to be employed despite his Carolina Panthers falling 27 to 13 at Bank of America Stadium and to one and seven, while the Colts improved to four and five. Uh, this game was over really at halftime when the Colts took a 20-3 lead into the halftime break, thanks to a Matt Gay 57-yard field goal and a Kenny Moore pick six. Um, what do you got on this one? Because the Panthers really had a garbage-time field goal. This one probably should have been 27-10. Two pick sixes in this one, both from Kenny Moore, who he's not a- AFC Defensive player of the week. I don't know if you can ever give that award away. Um, um, what do you got? Drew Brees was in an anon- anomaly and a anomaly. And one of the best quarterbacks to ever play this game is something that I am taking from this season so far. I need you to elaborate just so much more. Bryce Young short as fuck. And he looks terrible. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I mean, Drew Brees was short. He was good. So this um, is a height thing? I think it's, I think it's partially a height thing. Um, there's a, What about uh, Baker man. Mayfield? Baker's, Baker's not as short as, as Bryce. Um, I mean, he was called a vanilla midget by Tony Grossi when he was drafted. Um, there was a there was a, a there was a touchdown play that he made. The, the DJ Chark touchdown on that same drive. He missed Adam Thielen wide open, and when you watch the play, it genuinely looks like he couldn't see him over the offensive lineman. Because he was open. There was nobody within 10 yards of any direction. No, I mean, it's just – I mean, I think the Colts are going to stay in this division race because Minshew is a – is a – not a good quarterback. He is a – Adequate. Above average – fairly above average game manager. He is an average game manager. He is Eli Manning with half a brain. Um, He's Ben Roethlisberger early in his career, super early in his career. Although Jonathan Taylor looks like he's back to having that lead back role. Chubba Hubbard has taken over the backfield in Carolina. Not that that matters besides for fantasy purposes. And they Um, really didn't do very much with their yard totals either. But, I mean, there's really not much to talk about from this game. 27 points were scored, and I don't know how. Uh, defense? It has to be all defensive. That's uh, two, pick, two pick sixes. Yeah, two pick sixes, yeah. Yeah. Way to pay attention, yeah. buddy. So, I mean, no, nah, that's – that's. I got – well, let's move on. All right, let's go. Let's go to Dallas and Philadelphia. Uh, one of the greatest games I've ever watched live. The Eagles improved to 8-1. and one. Cowboys fall to five and three with a 28 to 23 game. This one happened at the link in the city of brotherly love. Dallas made this one interesting late, but Dak Prescott screwed himself a few times. In fact, so did, I mean, just Dallas. How do I want to word this, Dan? Any given Sunday. You familiar with the film? I've seen it a few. Steam and Willie Beeman had Dennis Quaid, uh, Jamie Foxx. There was um, L.O. Cool J. James Brown, the the legend that he was, played a defensive coordinator with LT. But Al Pacino was a head coach, and he gives the the one of the most famous sports speeches that was that was created. Not not just a rehashing of one that was already given, like in Miracle or in. Um, uh, pride of the Yankees, but he, the piece with inches speech. Football is a game of inches, and in either game, life or football, the margin for error is so small, et cetera, et cetera. The Cowboys lost because Dak Prescott had two toes out of bounds, and their tight end was maybe six inches short of the goal line. It cost them, what, nine points? 
and ultimately cost them this football game. So, yeah, this was um, this was a good one. This was a good one. C.D. Lamb had himself a game. Uh, I think I, if I didn't say it, I definitely Hold thought on. it. You can't say I, he had himself a game with the stat line that he had. He was a fucking monster. Did he have himself a game? Sure. Um, I was wrong on him. I avoided him in all fantasy drafts. Um, was 100% wrong. I'm going to admit that. I thought that this Dallas team was not going to be that good. Uh, they're still on fraud alert for me. I'm going to be completely honest. Sitting at five and three. Mm-hmm. Um, just beat up on good teams. Same thing with Miami. I can't believe neither one of us mentioned that about how they're kind of on fraud alert. I did. I don't think they've beaten a team over five. I don't think they beat a team over 500 in like their last 10 games or something like that. They have not. Um, uh, I mean, I'll let you kind of go over this. The one thing I do want to mention is uh, Dallas Goddard suffered a forearm fracture and is likely going to be having surgery. And so then um, as well, Jalen Hurts looks like he's battling through that knee injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe they've had their bye week yet, but it doesn't. I mean, I don't. They they have had their bye week actually. Um, back on two weeks ago, week seven. Yes, yes, week seven they had their. Did, no, it yes. doesn't matter. No, their bye week, week seven. Is, they is were on their bye. Bye week is this week. The bye week is this week. For who? Dallas? Uh, no. Or Philadelphia? Philadelphia. Yeah, they're on. They're so on the bye. That couldn't have came from a for a better time. Um, so. That's all I got to add on that one. Go ahead and, and and talk about this. You watched this one a little bit more than I did. I was I had some other things I had to take care of during. That. Um, this was a great game. This really was. This was exactly what you want from a rivalry game in prime time for a nationally televised. Well, it wasn't a prime time, but it was a nationally televised game. Late, uh, it was the 4:25 game, I believe, on Fox. This this was good. This was back and forth. Cowboys lost, which made three quarters of the nation happy, and every Laker fan cry, which yeah, love to see that too. Um, I like that one. I I did like that one. But outside of that, this was a good game. You know, this was the game of the week. And I don't think that can be debated. Let's move on to two bad teams that played against each other. The Las Vegas Raiders at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas took care of business against the two and now two and seven Giants. 30 to six as the Raiders improved to four and five and got themselves a new coach as Antonio Pierce is the interim guy. (laughs) After whatever happened on Halloween, not for us to speculate. Funny ass story though. But the Raiders improved. Jacoby Myers opened the scoring with a 17 yard rushing touchdown. Josh Jacobs got back on the horse and he scored twice. Uh, this game was 27 to nothing going into the fourth quarter. Tommy DeVito. He's not the answer, I don't think. No. Um, speaking of the Giants. Daniel Jones is done for the season with a torn ACL. Yeah, that's why I said DeVito's not the answer either. And did the Rams maybe sign Carson Wentz to keep him from going to the Giants? Was that in play maybe? You think the Giants make that play? I mean, mean, surely his phone was ringing, right? If they were going to make that play, don't you? Don't you? I mean, I feel like they should have made that play. I mean, no, you know what? Tyrod got hurt. He's on IR. Daniel Jones. I don't know. I mean, do they? I mean, to be honest, if I'm a quarterback out there, depending on how much they're willing to pay me, I don't know if I'm answering the phone to play behind that Giants offensive line. It's the NFL. You answer the phone. You answer the phone. My wife might block the number if I'm with that. Oh, uh, it's a different story for a different time. Danny or Danny DeVito. I was worried I was going to do that. At some point this season, when he started getting playing time, that I was going to call him Danny DeVito. But Tommy DeVito, 15 for 20, 175, a TD, two interceptions, four for 17 on the ground. Daniel Jones was four for nine for 25 yards and sacked twice before he got hurt. So he really wasn't exactly lighting up the league before he left. Uh, O'Connell for Vegas, who I believe that was his first NFL start, was it not? No, I believe he started one other game. Well, either way, 16 for 25, 209, nothing else. So no turnovers, no interceptions, no touchdowns. 
Josh Jacobs, 26 for 98 and two touchdowns. So good on him. Um, not really much else to say from this one. I mean, I, I didn't watch this game. Devontae Adams did lead the team in targets. They obviously didn't have to throw the ball much because they were playing from ahead the whole game, like literally the whole game. Um, so I, I don't know if it is. I, there, there has been a Twitter video going around of uh, it looks like Adams is, is enjoying himself in the locker room more. Um, so it sounds like that head coach might have been a little bit of a cancer. Do I think Adam should still go somewhere else? 100%. You don't? Are, wait, hold on. I want to make sure I'm hearing this correctly. You're saying that a Las Vegas Raiders head coach could be a problem to that franchise. Yeah, I mean, I think – where do you think he ends up next year? Back in New England under Belichick? Hold on, hold on. I, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. You're actually saying that a head coach of the Raiders franchise – like John Gruden or like a Hugh Jackson could be a problem and causing this team trouble. I just, I just want to make it perfectly clear that off the field personnel, like a general manager, owner, or a head coach for the Raiders could cause them a problem. That's what you're saying, right? I've never heard this before. I have never, ever heard this before. Yes. He will find his way back to, to Belichick for the third or fourth time. Uh, should we move along? Should we go to Sunday night? Let's go to Sunday night. This game sucks. <laughs> Are you talking about the Bengals and Bills? Yeah, not because I picked it wrong, because the Bengals are back. 24 to 18. This one happened at Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati. We call this the DeMar Hamlin rematch. As Cincinnati improves to 5-3, and three, and they are now the 7th seed? If I saw that right, they're one of the they're one of the wild card teams in the AFC. The Bills fall to five and four. There would they would be the last seed in the AFC. So they are the seventh seed. This one, this one got interesting toward the end when Stephon Diggs caught a 17 yard pass from Josh Allen and then caught the two point conversion to make this a six point game with 3:32 left. What did Cincinnati do on that last drive? Do you remember Dan? I do. I don't remember. I'm going to be completely honest. Well, it was uh, basically a Buffalo challenge cost them this football game. In the fourth quarter, they challenged a play that it was it was pretty clear that they weren't going to get the challenge, lost the timeout, and it ultimately played a factor in the end because the uh, a wow, I am going to learn to talk eventually. Uh, on the ensuing kickoff, Joe Burrow found Leave Tyler Boyd. For, shut up, Dan. Found Joe or found Joe Burrow found Tyler Boyd for 32 yards to set it up, taking us close to the two-minute warning. And then Joe Mixon had two five-yard rushes after the Bills burned their final timeout to basically put this one out of reach. A costly lack of a third-down stand by the Bills defense. You say Cincinnati is back. Support your statement. I mean, their last two games they've beaten they they just beat the Bills, who I was expecting them to even go on the road and win. They also handily beat the 49ers. I mean, they're on a four game win streak. Obviously, Cardinals and Seahawks, they were their two get right games. Um they in my opinion, they have a test coming up against the Texans and then Thursday night against the Ravens, in my opinion, decides that division. Um, okay. So Here's my next question to you. Joe Burrow, CJ Stroud, who has more passing yards? I mean, God, I mean, I'm going to actually say Stroud. Drinking the Kool-Aid already. I'm going to say Stroud on that one, honestly. You're drinking the Kool-Aid already, and I don't like it. Um, yeah, Joe Burrow, 31 for 44, 348, two TDs. More importantly, only sacked one time, which is huge for Cincinnati because the way that offensive line goes is the way that team goes. Joe Burrow is not good if he's under pressure. And he also is healthy. That calf does not seem to be affecting him as much as it was before. Right. And he said as much late, um, 
in the uh, in the post game interviews on Sunday night. So yeah, it's kind of scary. The AFC North is the best division in football, and it's kind of the best on both sides of the football. Kind of. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you here, and this is something that I think you and I are going to get behind. There are legitimately people out there that say the North is not the best division in football. It's the most mediocre. I don't understand. The, I uh, That's got to be explained to me. I, um, I'm still waiting for an explanation from them. I was hoping you could explain who, it to who, me. Who is, who, who's a better division? The East? The, the NFC East? I don't agree with that either. It's definitely not the better division in my mind. Well, it's not the AFC East. Or the AFC South, or the NFC. The NFC uh, there's no other, maybe the NFC West, but you got the no. Rams. I mean, you the have the AFC Rams West. and the Cardinals in that division. Exactly. And the Seahawks. The AFC West. I don't know. You got Denver. I don't like, know. I, I, there's not a weak team. There's at least not a weak. <sighs> I mean, are are people really trying to say the AFC North is the best division in football with a team like the Jets in it? I, 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 I don't get it. Let's move along. Let's go to Monday Night Football. The Los Angeles Chargers and the New York Jets. And then I didn't watch the Manning cast last year because I heard a lot of bad things about it. And rightfully so. There were, there were a lot of people that didn't care to listen to two Mannings talk about football. Started watching it this year, and I will never watch Monday Night Football differently again. Because... Listening to those two guys talk football with the likes of Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Trevor Lawrence and everybody else, it it made Monday night watchable because it was an unwatchable football game. They were taking predictions on if the Jets were going to make it to the red zone, not how they were going to score, not if they were going to score, but just make it to the red zone because hey. the Jets offense was that bad. Hey, do you want to know how bad this game was? Enlighten me. I started betting the team that the Chargers to punt every drive in the second half, and I made about fifty dollars off of it. Yeah, there were four kick. There were the kickers were involved in four plays. Well, five plays if you count the extra point in the first ninety seconds. Oh, two minutes. Excuse me, because the the pick six or the kick six didn't come until later. But yeah, five plays in less than two minutes. That's kind of ridiculous. Granted, one of them was a Darius Davis 87-yard punt return, which he was touched maybe one time. And listening to Eli Manning fumble when his brother puts him on the spot to explain anything in football is amazing. I love everything about it. Uh, Justin Herbert, 16 for 30, 136. No turnovers. He did fumble, got it back. He was sacked five times and only had 17 yards on the ground. Austin Eckler did not look good, although he did score twice on the ground. 14 for 47. He also had two catches for 23 yards through the air. Um, Keenan Allen, eight catches, 77 yards, by far the leading target of Justin Herbert. Uh, Zach Wilson didn't look awful, but his numbers looked odd. 33 for 49, 263, no TDs, no interceptions, fumbled three times, lost two of them, sacked eight times, and had seven yards rushing. That Jets offensive line, like, it's bad. Um, so, it, yes, yes, that's exactly – you took the words out of my mouth. This Jets offensive line was bad. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I don't hate Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson is a, is a better quarterback than what he's showing because of how bad that offensive mm-hmm. line is. Right. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm not coming back. Um, I just kind of want to well, talk mm. – I mean, I'm not coming back this season. Well, there, there's other, there's other things at play there. Um, but so the next seven days of primetime games, Ed, are you ready for this? No, and I don't want to be ready for it because I know what you're about to say, and I hate it. Well, it's actually the next six now because this was as yesterday. The next seven days was Monday Night Football yesterday, Chargers at Jets, which that should have been a good game in Heinz, like when you're scheduled. So I can't hate that. Panthers, stop. Bears. Just stop because I'm going to correct you on your math again. It's eight days from Monday to Monday. So when you said seven, you were right when you didn't count yesterday. That Maryland school system is amazing. Please continue. 
Uh, Thursday night football is Panther and Bears. Ick. Sunday a.m., Colts at Patriots in Germany. Yeah. Uh, Sunday night football, Jets, Raiders. Oh, God. Monday night football, Broncos, Bills. And then we finally get a palatable Thursday night game the following Thursday with Cincinnati at Baltimore. Now, oh, that's going to be bad for your Ravens. Short week, two division game. Ooh. That's going to be that's going to fine. That's going to be something to look at. But um god, and we had such a good start with the Thursday night football slate. 2 years ago, none of the games were watchable. For a good chunk of this year, they've all been really good. Till we get to this, these two, but yeah. So, um, you got anything else you want to talk about these Jets and Chargers? No. No. Yeah. There's nothing really much to say here. So let's move on to our favorite part of the show. Well, Dan's favorite part of the show because he rubs it into my face on how well he's doing. He's now up ten games on me. I finished this week eight and seven thanks to getting both Sunday and Monday night football games. Dan lost both of those and fell to ten and five. He now has an overall record of 94 and 51. I am sitting at 84 and 61. This week, let's go down the charts on Thursday night, Carolina at Chicago. We both pick Chicago because Carolina is awful. We both have Indianapolis going over New England in New England. I don't like that. In fact, in Germany, Germany, New England, whatever. I'm changing it. I'm going with New England, Dan. How do you feel about that? That's good for me. Don't ask me why it's a gut feeling. I have to pick the Browns over the Ravens because, you know, it's the Browns over the Ravens. I have to pick the Ravens over the Browns. Well, because the Ravens are the better version of the Browns. Changing another one. Green Bay is going to be at Pittsburgh. Upset alert on this one. The Packers are going on a winning streak. This is the week that the AFC North separates a little bit as the Packers will beat Pittsburgh, I can't guarantee it because I picked Green Bay before this year and lost. But Green Bay will. I hope you're right because it's Pittsburgh. But I, I, I don't. I actually think I may have picked Pittsburgh to lose every game this year. So San Francisco is going to Jacksonville. We both have the Niners. I kind of want to change that to Jacksonville. You want to change it to Jacksonville? I feel like you want to change that to Jacksonville. I don't. San Francisco is coming off a bye. Y'all, you talked me into it. Minnesota is going to host the New Orleans Saints. Why did I pick Minnesota? I didn't. I'm picking New Orleans. This is the fourth game I've changed so far tonight. Uh, So we both have New Orleans on that one. And if Minnesota wins, I swear to God, I'm going to lose it on you. Cincinnati is going to host Houston. Do you want to change that? No. You think Cincinnati's going to roll it home over C.J. Stroud? I'll tell you what, if this game was in Houston, I would I would take Houston. But since it's in Cincinnati, the rookie on the road, I'll, I'll pass on that. Tennessee is going to Tampa Bay. I'm picking against Baker Mayfield, and I hate myself for doing so. Why do you have Tampa in this one? Because it's in Tampa Bay? Yeah, that, that Tampa defense is pretty good. Detroit is at the Chargers. This is another home game for the Lions in Los Angeles. I have the – we both have the Lions – Atlanta goes to Arizona. Atlanta should win this one. Congratulations, Arizona. Since we both picked Atlanta, you're going to get your third win, second win of the year. Dallas is our guarantee pick for this year, for this week, as they will host the New York Giants and whatever that train wreck of an offense is going to be. Seattle is going to host Washington. We both have Seattle. Do you want to change this one? I feel like you may want to change this one, but it's in Seattle. Is that why you picked the, the Seahawks? It is. Me too. Vegas is going to host the Jets. Do the Jets have over under 10 and a half plays in Vegas's side of the field all game? I'm going to say over on that, but the real question is over or under four sacks for Max Crosby? 3.5 sacks for Max Crosby. That's a lot. You say two and a half, I'm going over. You say three and a half, I'm going under. I think three is a good sweet spot for him. Uh, And then on Monday Night Football, Denver at Buffalo. We both have Buffalo because Denver sucks. That means we have four games different. I can pull within six or drop as far as 14 back. Uh, Dan, we're over an hour. Do you want to do our favorite part of the show? Our next favorite part of the show? My favorite part of the show. 
Or do you just want to cut this one short? Let's just cut it here. Nah, screw that. We're doing it. All right, let's move along. Dan, did you know that it was 251 games ago that the Browns shut out? A team before then, that happened in December 2007. Interesting fact? No, they still suck. Did you know that in the last three years, FBS teams in college football were 4-49 and when having less than 170 total yards? All four of those wins belong to Iowa. I did find that one very interesting. With Iowa's 10-7 to victory over Northwestern in Wrigley Field. In fact, Dan, did you know that that was the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7th highest scoring game to happen in Wrigley Field this year? The Cubs played in the first six. Interesting fact. <sighs> That's terrible. That is very terrible. And let's go one more, shall we? Did you know, Dan, that Tom Brady never took a snap in the NFL where his team was mathematically eliminated from the playoffs? Eliminated. Dan, did you know that barring a lot of chaos, that it could be less than three weeks and the Patriots could be eliminated from playoff contention? That'll be a great day. Post-Tom Brady, New England is not a good New England. Anyway, that's going to be yeah, do all. Do you agree that that would be a great day? I don't know. I want you, you to know, verbally say that'll be a great day. I'm not going to talk any more smack about the Patriots, although Tom Brady is a little bitch and deserves to be castrated. But I'm not going to say anything about the New England Patriots. I'm just kidding. I love Tom Brady. He's one of the most beautiful men on earth, and I am very envious of his life and everything about him, and I hope that one day my children can only be a quarter of the man that Tom Brady is and give me half the money that he earned. Anyway, let's move along and let's end this show. You got anything else, Daniel? Nope. All right. Just well, ladies, you're a little bitch. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, what you can expect from us going forward, you are going to be getting an MLB awards preview post show free agent. You're going to get a baseball show coming from us here real soon. As soon as Dan decides to write out the script so we can start working on it, we're going to tell you who's going to win what awards and when who got snubbed on the gold gloves and where free agents are going to be playing next season. Shohei Otani is a St. Louis Cardinal. Yes or no? No. You're an idiot. All right. You're also going to be getting another NHL show coming up from us at the end of November post Thanksgiving. Stay tuned to the players to be named later shows for more uh, stuff on that. You're also on our Facebook page, the sports dispatch. You're going to be getting power rankings, in the NHL Dan's weekly power rankings. Every other week, you're going to get my bottom feeders in the NFL who sucks. And you may even get, an explanation on why they're named there. You're also going to get some more of my expanded writing as soon as I ever get the time to do that. And we may start featuring some streaming content as Dan and I may get back into some video game stuff and posting some videos there where it's pretty much going to be Dan and I playing things on easy mode and just owning the competition. We're still in talks about that. We haven't really discussed it too much. It's something I want to do, Dan. Well, we'll see. Anyway, did I get everything? I think so. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be all for us. And as always, we'd like to thank you all for listening. But please remember, if your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players of your name later who can make it better. See ya! <laughs>